Here are some most happy fellas, the four lads for four. Standing on the corner, watching all the fours go by. Standing on the corner, giving all the fours the eye. Look at it go, it's the Thunderbird's kissing cousin. Get in a fort, get for the try. So don't be standing on the corner, watching all the forts, watching all the forts, be the guy who's going by. This is Captain James Proctor of the USS Echner reporting. The Echner has gone Hindenburg, and I am stranded somewhere in the Wyoming Plains. See, I have um, two wireless radios and about three dozen records from the lounge. Yes, the gramophone made it. What? Good luck, Richard. What, Richard? Wait, get it started. Get it started. It's right and it's right. You're listening to a Petrifying Productions project broadcasted on KOCA 93.5 FM from 6 to 7 p.m. Friday nights. Oh, the humanity. To contact KOCA, email koca at koca935.org. To contact me, Captain Proctor, email petrifyingproductions at gmail.com or visit my website at www.tinyurl.com slash petrifyingproductions. I, I can't talk, ladies and gentlemen. Airship wrecked with Captain Proctor. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is I, your bumbling sky captain from the world of yesterday. Now, I am here at AnomalyCon, a steampunk convention in Denver, Colorado. How I got here since I'm shipwrecked in Laramie, Wyoming? Let's move on. Uh... Now, I have been wandering around interviewing random people about um, steampunk things. Uh, that's what I'm going to do now. So, here is a fine gentleman wearing a pith helmet and a quite a marvelous costume. You see, his pith helmet has a weather vane on the top. And now I'm going to interview him. So, how did you get into steampunk? Oh, well, I read about it a bit, and uh, then I uh, saw some uh, things on the internets, and I uh, thought I had an idea to do a few things, and so I came here. Um, how do you explain steampunk to people when they ask you what it is? Well, I tell them it's a, a genre of, of science fiction, uh, recreating uh, 1800s as if there were modern 20th century and 21st century inventions uh, being used in the 18th century. Uh, can you tell 19th, me 19th, I should say, actually. Good heavens. Can you tell me about your persona? Ah, so Reginald Bethley Smythe. He's a collector and purveyor of wild animals and flora and fauna for Her Majesty the Queen. So what were your thoughts on, just, on Justin Bieber's steampunk music video? Have you seen it? I almost spilled my tea when I saw that artless popinjay on the on the web. It's just it's outrageous. <laughs> um, when you think of uh, steampunk music, what bands and songs come to mind? Oh, I haven't heard a whole lot. Well, it was BB Black Dog, and um, uh, was it uh, 
Not too many in the music that I'm familiar with, though. I usually listen to Gilbert and Sullivan, I must say. Um, and um, what are your favorite steampunk books? Oh, well, I've only read a few. I read uh, Bone Shaker, I think it was, and I just picked up the copy of Steam, the anthology, and I'm thumbing through that. Marvelous. We will play some music, and uh, then we'll come back and see who else we can find to interview.
by Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Well, I'll tell you why. 
the reason is that I've gotten a lot of requests for Adam to talk more, and I, unfortunately, the limitations of his vocal cylinders made it quite difficult for him to do that. Uh, however, I have fixed that problem because I have a lot of time on my hands. Well, Adam, what do you what do you say? I say humans are weak compared to robots because robots can change their voices at will. Nonsense, Adam. I had to change that for you. Only because I threatened you with death. Fair enough. Uh, moving on. <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh, let's go to this week's music spotlight. This week's music spotlight is on Caravan Palace. Caravan Palace is pretty much the premiere in Electro Swing right now. Caravan Palace is a French Electro Swing and Gypsy Jazz band based in Paris. They just came out with their latest album, Panic, which I bought, and every song is absolutely wonderful. Uh, mixed to perfection, I like to say. The band released their debut studio album, Caravan Palace, on the Wagram label in October 2008. The record charted in Switzerland, Belgium, and France, where it reached its peak position of number 11. The group formed in 2005 after three of the band members were hired by a film production company to provide the soundtrack to silent pornographic movies. And even Adam enjoys Caravan Palace on occasion, don't you, Adam? They use synthesizers.
Vampire and the Skeletons. You're listening to a Petrifying Productions project broadcasted on KOCA 93.5 FM every 6 to 7 p.m. Friday nights. To contact KOCA, email KOCA at KOCA935.org. To contact Captain Proctor, email petrifyingproductions at gmail.com. Welcome back, fools. Please don't. Now, shush, Adam. I'm trying to be hip and modern and, uh, 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 lol and. Hmm. Uh, anyway, now, let's go interview another random steampunk. How did you guys get into steampunk? Um, hmm. we like technology, and I've always liked Victorian stuff, and once I realized that you could Victorianize technology... My first interest was figuring out how people did all these cool things to make these modern things look old. And then, of course, it segued into the rest of the obsession. Uh, you know, as much as, as people here tend to hate on the movie, Wild Wild West was a very cool thing for me. It got me interested in, oh, what could you do with crazy, wild 1800 sci-fi technology, giant mechanical spiders, and I don't really care about the artistic merits, but, yeah, that was... From a gadget perspective, that was very cool. And uh, how do you guys explain steampunk to people when they want to know? Mostly I say it's Victorian science fiction. Even though it goes far beyond that, it's a way for people to kind of grasp. We actually just came from lunch in downtown Denver, and a lot of people come up and ask us about it, considering our outfits and everything. And, and, and that's a way that people can like, okay, I know what Victorian is, I know what science fiction is, I don't really know how they would mingle, but it gets them thinking, you know, and it gives them some sort of context. And sometimes I might throw in words like industrial or art and history and all that sort of stuff. So. And do you guys have personas? Uh, not officially. Uh, we've been kind of toying with some concepts. Me thinking of something from uh, kind of the robber baron uh, line of, of, of personalities would be someone who's selling other people's great inventions, you know, at a gigantic markup, no, no respect for the original creators, and just a whole lot of, of uh, what do you say? Who's the circus guy that I'm trying to? P.T. Barnum. Yeah, a lot of Barnum and Bailey, big show of everything, and then disappear before they realize it doesn't work. So. I think for I think for me the the concept of a persona is I don't I don't have like an alternate name or anything that I use, but. Um, but it helps inform what I'm going for. You know, it's like, do I want to be an heiress who is very, you know, or do I want to be an airship captain who gets her hands dirty? Those, those inform a very different costume. And if you mix the two, which can totally be awesome, it helps to kind of have an idea of where you want it to go. You know, for me personally. So. Um, and did you guys see Justin Bieber's steampunk music video? I did not actually see it. I saw a picture of him with mm. the arm, and I was like, oh, steampunk. I, I have seen that one, and I, I think from the turnout of the convention this year, it's pretty clear we have not been taken over by 13-year-old Bieber fanatics. So we can just enjoy the fact that, you know, somebody, some great costume designers, some great steampunk fanatics are creating great things that are getting awesome publicity that happen to be attached to subpar music. But visually, it was all very cool stuff. Yeah. I think um, 
One mistake that a lot of niche cultures, niche cultures make is that like if something becomes mainstream, it can no longer be cool. I think an alt- alternately, it's like if you like something, who cares if other people like it or not? And that means whether they don't like it, as in you're the only person in the universe who thinks this is cool, or if it really is mainstream and Bieber fans everywhere start sporting bionic arms. It's like I like what I like, and I'm okay to celebrate that. The yeah, effect. <laughs> you know, it's like you know what. Yeah. So what if it becomes mainstream? I'm fine with that because it'll be more cool stuff for me to buy. And <laughs> last question: What um, what steampunk bands and songs come to mind uh, when you think of steampunk music? Hmm. Steampunk music is still a very very vague idea for me. For me, it's much more about historical settings and and visual appearances and. It's hard for me to really think of steampunk music as anything other than steampunk lyrics on top of other kinds of music. Um, I'm, I'm still waiting for a day where I hear something that's audibly blending the modern with the 18th century in the way that I, that I like seeing other, other forms of steampunk do. Yeah, I think, I think for me, again, I tend to think visually so much that it's a very visual genre for me. In fact, when I do describe it to other people, I describe it as an aesthetic, first and foremost. Not just a genre, but an aesthetic. And um, the, the bands that we've heard at AnomalyCon have been great and wonderful and interesting, and I'll absolutely do stuff with music I haven't heard before. Um, but I'm not the expert on that. I'll just see what people come up with. Well, that day has come, sir. Um, where to start? Where to start? Oh, dear. Uh... Uh, well, uh, the curious thing about steampunk music is that many bands that consider themselves steampunk, uh, or even have steampunk lyrics, are not, uh, are, don't have as much of a steampunk sound as other bands. Um, give me, give me an example here, Adam, so that I can show them. Norfolk and Western. Indeed, what an excellent, uh, thought. So, the next set will be a set of what I think the kind of music you are searching for is, sir. Uh, so, uh, let me know what you think. You can email me at petrifyingproductions at gmail.com. In fact, anyone, uh, if I interviewed you at AnomalyCon or I talked to you, I gave lots of people my contact information, but sadly neglected to get anyone else's. So, if I talk to you at AnomalyCon and uh, you want to talk to me, Email me at petrifyingproductions at gmail.com. Let me know what you think of my podcast uh, or whatever. So, here is Norfolk and Western.
Raising up the porch today The city's familiar shape of gray When light is right it looks silver But only lasts till we Gazing spot will fall with two by four. And all the They don't even know our names And we'll be gone as fast as we
Arch Destruction by Norfolk and Western.
Coming next week, we will have more interviews uh, next week with bands, with a band, and the week after that with more people. If I interviewed you at AnomalyCon, you will be on the show at some point. So, uh, just, you know, keep tuning in, because you will be there. And special thank you to everyone who took their time out of the convention to be interviewed by me. And, uh, I'm, I hope you like the show. And, yes. Oh, here we go. I'm in the vendor's room. And this is just an example of one of the many wonderful vendors that were in the vendor's room. Uh, so, yes. Um, I'm Kathy Bodnar. I'm a steampunk who's been doing steampunk for about three years now. Um, I started out as a Jedi Knight and found out that steampunk and Jedi Knight went hand in hand. So my stuff all has kind of a Jedi Knight influence into it. All the pouches and everything are based on the on one basic design. Um, I love it. The idea of finding things on the floor, picking them up, throwing on a vacuum form table, and making steampunk things that no one else will have really has excited me. Um, I'm not as much into the gears and bells and whistles as other people, and I know that the brass is really big with a lot of people, but I like things that are light and easy to wear. Um, I also uh, do some sewing and stuff, and I do a lot of custom work. Um, is there anything else you need to know? I'm on eBay. And I believe you all know what time it is now. No one knows what time it is, Captain. You don't have that big of fans. Oh, shut up, Adam. Now... You know what time it is. It's time for... Adam, now that you're talking more, you can say it. Go ahead. It's time for Ask Stupid Questions That Don't Need to Be Answered. It's time for Ask Captain Proctor. This week's letter is from my biggest fan, Zoe. Uh, she says, Could you please play more Shell? I am simply in love with them since you played when the dragon came down. Thanks so much. Well, Zoe, I certainly can, and let me tell you, uh, Shell is wonderful in concert as well, and you should catch them if, you're, if um, they're ever in your area. I believe they're going, there should be in Chicago about now. I told them to come to Anomaly Con. And they were very disappointed that they could not come. Uh, not because they wanted to perform there, but simply because they wanted to come and hang out. So, uh, this is a perfect example of a band that may not call themselves steampunk. Um, but if you actually talk to them, it's pretty clear that they are. So, I will play another song for you, certainly.
I told you, Ralph, this is a funny script. <laughs> That's a wonderful line. Certainly. Believe me, Ralph, when it comes to judging comedy, I'm seldom wrong. Yeah, well, I guess maybe... Oh, now, wait a minute. This isn't your script. Huh? This is the one for the radio show I direct. Radio? What radio show? The Mean Old Man. I must remember to tell that writer to fix the hole in her roof. Lately, all her scripts are coming in soaked. <laughs> but that's no problem of yours, Jack. No, no. Now, let's see. Now, where did I put... Oh, yes, here's a TV script. Good. Now, Ralph, I'm sure... Rochester, would you get that, please? Mr. Banning's residence. Yes? Yes, I, I see. All right, goodbye. 
Who was that, Rochester? Your butcher. Oh, the one that likes my script? He thought it over and changed his mind. <laughs> I don't know why I even go to him. There must be dozens of butchers around town who've directed me in pictures. <laughs> You've been reading the script. What's bothering you? Well, in these first five pages, Jack, the only thing that's even remotely funny is the bit with the orchestra, and we can't do that. With the orchestra, boys? Why not? Well, Jack, you know very well we're not allowed to put the camera on your orchestra. There are 40 million people watching. <laughs> but, Ralph, it's all right to show the boys on television. I got a clearance from the Musicians' Union. I don't care. You're on at night, and some of those 40 million people will be eating. <laughs> So we'll take out that bit. One routine doesn't make a script bad. Hmm. I'll get it. Mr. Bailey's residence. Oh, yes, Mr. Leroy. What's that? All right, I'll tell him. Goodbye. Rochester, was that Mervyn Leroy, the director? Yeah, he called to say he doesn't like your television script. Doesn't like it, but I never even sent him a copy. Well, he said he got it by accident. Accident? Yeah, this morning he was at the Safeway and bought a pound of halibut and your script was wrapped around it. <laughs> that nice, fresh script around a smelly halibut. Mr. Leroy put it the opposite way. <laughs> how he put it, I still think it's a good script. Well, now, now, don't misunderstand me, Jack. There are some good things in it. But unfortunately, the whole idea is wrong. The whole script is based on your being cheap. But, Ralph, with the character I portray, people expect me to do cheap things. I know, and that's fine for radio. But in television, the audience sees you standing there. You have to be a little true to life or nobody will believe it. Well. Now, look. Here you have a show starting with two strangers knocking on the door of your big Beverly Hills mansion to ask directions. And you invite them in for lunch and then charge them for that. Which is practically making a restaurant out of your home. Then you show them around the grounds, and when the man accidentally falls in the pool, you charge him a quarter for swimming. <laughs> and to top it off, when he starts to sneeze, you insist on giving him penicillin at $5 a shot. <laughs> now, really, Jack, nobody could be that cheap. Ralph, you're absolutely right. How could we expect anyone to actually look at me and believe that I could do things like that? Well, that's my point, Jack. And until we can fix the script so you aren't cheap and more like you really are, we haven't got anything. Okay, Ralph. I'll call my writers immediately. We'll throw out everything and get a whole new idea. Good. Now, for a plot, I, I was thinking maybe we could do a... Boss! Boss! The bus is here! Oh, my goodness, they're five minutes early. Rochester, dust off the sandwich display and turn up the flame under the suit. Okay! Well, as I was saying, Jack... All right, don't forget to push the rice pudding. Push it, I'll push it. Now, Ralph, you were saying... What yes, were you yes Jack, I feel that if we could... Uh, Here they come, Rochester. Don't crowd, folks. There's plenty for everyone. Look right up, folks. Two sandwiches and featuring Uncle Jack's rice pudding. <laughs> Why didn't you come over here and eat with me? I can't. The chain on my spoon won't reach that far. <laughs> what kind of a clip 
joint is this? You've got to pay extra to get mustard on your hot dog. Dad, that's nothing. The last time I was in here, I accidentally fell in the pool and they charged me for swimming. <laughs> don't crowd, folks. Thank you. Here's your change. Uh, Jack, Jack, I don't... Excuse me, Ralph. You're standing in front of the penance. Here you are, folks. Souvenirs of Beverly Hills. Penance. Picture postcards. Jack, if you listen to me for a minute, I could tell you what I was thinking. Watch it. There goes one in the pool. You fish them out. I'll get the penicillin. <laughs> Folks, get your hot dogs and cold drinks. Get your hot dogs and cold drinks. Well, why are you helping me? I figure if you can't fight it, join it. <laughs> Here you are, folks. Get your cold drinks. Get your hot dogs. Yes, sir. Don't forget Uncle Jack's rice pudding. Step right up, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, I will be back in just a minute to tell you about my television show that goes on tonight at 7 p.m. over the CBS network with my guest stars, Bing Crosby and George Burns. But first, a word to cigarette smokers. Luckies taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Luckies taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. For lucky strike me. Find tobacco richer tasting. Find tobacco. Luckies taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Friends, as a smoker, you know how vitally important freshness is to your enjoyment of a cigarette. Well, the makers of Lucky's know that, too. That's why every pack of Lucky's is extra tightly sealed to keep in the better taste that has made Lucky's famous. Yes, any Lucky smoker will tell you that Lucky's tastes better. Not only fresher, but cleaner and smoother, too. That's because fine, naturally mild, good-tasting tobacco goes into every Lucky. As you know, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. And Luckies are definitely made better. Made round and firm and fully packed to draw freely and smoke evenly. Yes, fine tobacco in a better-made cigarette just naturally adds up to better taste for you. So next time you buy cigarettes, try a carton of Lucky Strike. Be happy, go lucky, get better taste today. Say, Jack, Jack, is it true that on your television show tonight you're having both Bing Crosby and George Burns as guest stars? Yes, and I hope George is in a better mood than he has been the last few days. He's had a little trouble with the income tax department. Why? They wouldn't let him take Gracie off as a dependent. <laughs> was written by Milt Josephsberg, John Tackerberry, Hal Goldman, Al Gordon, and produced and transcribed by Hilliard Mark. The Jack Benny program is brought to you by Lucky Strike, product of the American Tobacco Company, America's leading manufacturer of cigarettes. Stay tuned now for the Amos and Andy Show, which follows immediately over most of these same stations of the CBS radio network. And KNX AM and FM, Los Angeles. Well, it looks like I went over time. Uh, not that I care what the radio station thinks. Um, but, in any case, let's, uh, just play our outro here, Adam. Adam, what are you doing over there? Adam, what are, Adam, 
Stop chasing Cthulhu, for heaven's sake. Yes, poor guy has to live in my closet and... Uh, oh, well. Well, I guess I'll just play the outro myself. Here we go. Airship Wrecked with Captain Proctor is created by London Homer Wombium and produced by Petrifying Productions. Visit them online at tinyurl.com slash petrifyingproductions. Theme music by Kevin McLeod, sponsored by Marion Showacre at Allstate Insurance. They offer auto, home, business, and life insurance. Mm -hmm.